0: Hello, everyone. No new Patreon supporters to acknowledge this week, but I do want to acknowledge the death this past week of two important artists in the musical world. Just last week, on my Roberta Alexander episode, I posted a wonderful excerpt of her singing the role of Marcellina in 2015 with the Orchestra of the 18th Century, conducted by Kenneth Montgomery. Just two days after I posted that episode, Kenneth Montgomery died unexpectedly in his sleep at the age of 79. He was such an important conductor, teacher, mentor, beginning in his native Ireland, extending also to the UK, to the US, where he was deeply involved in the opera companies in Santa Fe and San Diego, and also in the Netherlands, where he made his home for decades. So many condolences to his husband, Jan, and for those for whom his presence in their lives played such a significant part. An important singer from years gone by died this week as well. Helen Vanni, a mezzo-soprano and soprano who sang at City Opera, at the Metropolitan Opera, and at Santa Fe, among many other venues, died on the 5th of March, she and her husband had retired to Santa Fe in 1982. He predeceased her in 2015, and she had just celebrated her 99th birthday. I hope to be able to play examples of these artists for you in weeks to come, but I did want to acknowledge their respective passings this past week. Welcome to Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. Each week, you will encounter me, Daniel Gundlach, as your host, guiding you along a magical route that will bring us closer to the voices of those singers that most enchant and transform us, no matter what else is going on in the world. Thank you for joining me on that path. to now this week's episode Today's episode is all Bach and all Elie Ameling. Well, the example that we just heard wasn't actually by Bach. He copied it into his Anna Magdalena notebook. It used to be attributed to Bach, but is now known to be by the German composer Gottfried Heinrich Stölzel. That was Ellie Ameling accompanied by one of her stalwart musical collaborators, Dalton Baldwin, in a recording from 1973. Everything else that we hear today will be by Johann Sebastian Bach, and all of it will be sung by the great Ellie Ameling, who last month celebrated her 90th birthday. I played Bis Bei Mir with a good reason, because it is a wonderful memorial tribute to the two artists that I mentioned at the top of the episode, and also because I had been conducting a conversation with my listeners on Facebook about their favorite melodies and what constitutes a great melody and what makes it unforgettable. Certainly, this is one of the most beautiful melodies ever written. I sang it at my grandmother's funeral followed a number of years later at my father's funeral so this song has deep associations for me as does the singing of ellie ameling i have loved her for decades I first became aware of her singing in the mid-1970s with the recording that she made with Dalton Baldwin of Schubert Lieder. There will be a follow-up episode on Elie Ameling featuring her singing art song, because that is what her career was centered on. But she also dedicated a big part of her career to singing, oratorio, and concert work, and specifically the music of Johann Sebastian Bach. I've decided to foreground three works which she performed frequently, for which we have multiple recorded versions of each. And we're going to begin with the appropriately celebratory Cantata 51, Jauchzet Gott in allen Landen, for which we have two extant recorded versions, the studio recording from 1970 and... This one, a radio performance from a few years earlier than that, that features the trumpeter Edward H. Tarr with Kurt Thomas leading the Collegium Musicum. (laughs) We'll switch to the Phillips recording from 1970 and listen to the ineffable way that she spins these silvery strands of sound inexorably over a very slow bass line. This is the recitative Wir beaten zu dem Tempel an. This beautiful moment is followed by a continual aria called Höchster, Mache deine Güte, and for that aria we're switching to the Kurt Thomas radio recording from the mid-1960s. There follows a chorale for full orchestra and trumpet that reaches its conclusion with a joyous Alleluia. And I'm skipping the chorale for now just for reasons of length and jumping right to the Alleluia, which features legendary trumpeter Maurice André with Helmut Winschermann leading the Deutsche Bach Solisten. May I propose that you are never going to hear a more brilliantly sung version of this Alleluia, and in fact of nearly anything, than what Ellie Amling gives us here in her youthful prime. People have waxed lyrical over the voice and artistry of Ellie Ameling. She herself has always been extremely practical, extremely unpretentious, and not at all self-promotional. Her dedication was always to the music that she was singing and the words that she was intoning. My favorite quote about Ellie Ameling comes from the Swiss conductor Ernest Ansermet, who described her singing thus, A good voice is a blessing from somewhere above. Madame Ameling stands continually under this downpour, which the Romanticists would have said is of divine origin. And of course, just turning to the music of Johann Sebastian Bach, we know how much his faith informed his composition. For some people, that is problematic. For others, it's very much in keeping with their own worldview. And for still others who don't share that worldview, it can be a challenge to work through the theology expressed in some of his cantatas and the passions to nonetheless come to an appreciation of Bach's incomparable musical genius. On the other hand, there's the fun-loving Bach that we encounter in Schweigt stille, Plaudert Nicht, the so-called coffee cantata, BWV 211. Ellie Ameling made an early recording of this, with Franz Josef Meyer leading the Collegium Aureum. This is a cantata that actually depicts a dramatic situation with a father fretting about his young daughter's obsession with, and one might even say addiction, to coffee. This is her aria where she sings about how wonderful coffee is and how she simply can't get enough of it. I wie schmeckt der Kaffee süße. to discover that a certain poster on YouTube has dedicated his channel to the posting of recordings of Bach cantatas, many of them from the radio in the 1960s, and many of those featuring none other than today's distinguished vocal guest, Ellie Ameling. Here's one, an early recording in 1964, of the aria Bereitet die Wege, Bereitet die Bahn, Which is sort of the title track, if you will, the opening movement of Bach's Cantata 132. It's one of those Advent cantatas in which the congregation is advised to prepare the way for the coming of the baby Jesus. cantatas, of course, are in German. There are one or two exceptions, including one called Non sa che sia dolore, BWV 209. Ellie Ameling recorded this a couple times, one in the early 1960s and another one nearly 20 years later with Raymond Lepard leading the English Chamber Orchestra. This is the final movement of that secular cantata called Ricetti Grammezza e Pavento, in which we also hear the flautist William Bennett in Obbligato with Ameling.
1: I'm I'm gonna
0: would probably be an appropriate time to note that Eloquence Classics, which has produced so many amazing box set reissues, even in recent years with the supposed decline of CD collecting, boxes that are full of riches, and they are promising two, both featuring Ellie Ameling in the coming months. One of them features her entire Bach discography for both London and Phillips records, and the other features her complete recitals for Phillips. They haven't come out yet, otherwise I would have them here in my clutches. A few of the recordings I'm playing for you today are ones that she made for either Phillips or for Decca, and they do represent the apex of her recorded achievement, I think. But I must say that of the work that we're going to hear right now, the Wedding Cantata, by et there exists no recording on Philips. So even if you were to buy that big Ameling box, you wouldn't get anything that you're going to hear right now. Another secular cantata of Bach's, and one which Amling sang countless times, is Weichet nur Betrübte Schatten, BWV 202, which is known as the Wedding Cantata. It's one of his most delightful works, and one which allows the voice so many different opportunities. And it just so happens that I have in my collection one, two, three, four, four, five recordings which feature Ellie Ameling singing at least portions of this work. So I decided it would be fun to put together a composite performance which truncates the arias but nonetheless features a portion at least of each of them from each of those different recorded performances. The first one is one of Ameling's First recordings, that was with Collegium Aureum again, led by Reinhard Peters, with the oboe obbligato played by Helmut Hucke. For many people, this was the vehicle by which they were introduced to the voice of Elie Amling, so it's appropriate that we start with this. The first movement is in typical da capo form, ABA, and we're going to hear the reprise of the A. The voice again unfolds over an ineffable continuo line and joins with the obligato oboe in spinning an unbelievably long and extremely beautiful vocal line as dark shadows are urged along with the frost and the wind to give way to the spring that is coming. There follows a restative, die Welt wird wieder neu, the world is reborn on the hills and in the valleys, and then there follows an evocation of Phoebus, or Apollo, the god of the sun, who runs with his swift horses through the newborn world. In this aria, we have a magnificent and delightful bassoon obbligato, which in this recording is played by Roger Biernstinger, and Neville Mariner leads the Academy of St. Martin in the Fields. This is the second of Ameling's commercial recordings of the Wedding Cantata from the year 1973.
1: (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.
0: Following recit, we are told that Cupid also is seeking his delight when Flora's splendor becomes glorious. As with the beautiful flowers, hearts are also victorious in their ardor. There follows a beautiful aria accompanied by violin obbligato. When the spring breezes blow, it is also Love's custom to sneak out to see his own glory, which, people believe, is this, that one heart kisses another. This is a live recording from the Stratford Festival in July 1981, which received a limited release as a fundraiser for the Stratford Festival. We hear the violinist Moshe Hammer in the violin obbligato. The next restative aria pairing comes from two different performances, because the aria itself appears as a freestanding number in a recording that Elie Ameling and the Dutch oboist Han de Vries made together in 1983. The recit comes from a live performance in 1973, with Eugen Jochum leading the Concertgebouw Orchestra. This is good fortune, when through a lofty gift of fate, two souls obtain one jewel, which is resplendent with health and blessing. The aria that follows, Sich Uben Im Lieben, tells us that to learn from love in a playful way is better than the passing pleasures of springtime passion. The concluding, Reset and Arya celebrate the union of chaste love and ask that no sudden accident or thunderclap may frighten the amorous desires of the beloved couple. And the concluding, gavotte predicts a future of a thousand bright and prosperous days. This also is from the live recording with Jochum and the Konsechevam. she A key component of many of Bach's cantatas and his other choral music are duets between the soloists, and there are some choice ones for soprano in various combinations, with alto, with tenor, and with bass. We have recordings of Ameling singing Bach duets with a number of supreme fellow singers, I will announce right now that I'm hoping to do a bonus episode this weekend that features more of these duets. And this is my time to do the little plug for my Patreon page. If you'd like to support the podcast and gain access to that and 56 other bonus episodes, please go to patreon.com countermelody and you too can make your monthly or yearly pledge. For now, here is a little teaser, a 1970 recording of the duet from the so-called Dialogue Cantata Liebster Jesu Mein Verlangen, BWV 32. This features Hermann Pry, alongside Elie Ameling, with the oboist Ingo Goritsky joining in obbligato and the conductor and former oboist himself, Helmut Wintramann, leading the Deutsche Bach Solisten. I would like to point out here the absolute mastery of the instrumentalists in this ensemble. This is a very different style of performing Bach or any kind of Baroque music than we are currently tuned into. It's a transitional period between the sometimes heavy Bach recordings of the 1950s and the early music movement, which in the late 60s and early 70s was just gaining momentum. For me, Ameling's way of singing Bach combines the best of both of these styles. We hear her using her full voice. None of this pulling off of the voice, stripping out all of the color, all of the vibrato, not pecking away and not chopping the lineup into little bits, but making beautiful legato phrases while nevertheless highlighting certain musical figures, pointing certain words. For me, it's the ideal way that this music should be performed. Now, of course, it's considered very old-fashioned. I did a whole episode on what I called full-figured Baroque, which of course featured a lot of Bach. I love hearing his work performed this way, and certainly Ellie Ameling reflects for me the apex of that meeting of the new instruments with the highlighting of the dance forms that people like Nikolaus Honokur and Gustav Leonhardt brought to the forefront. Oi, let's just listen to the duet, shall we? Nun verschwinden alle Plagen. We're <laughs> We have experienced many of the most delightful and pleasurable aspects of Ellie Ameling's Bach performance, but she also had it in her, especially when performing the Passions and certain arias and cantatas, to bring out the pathos of the texts in a way that very few other singers could. This is one of the arias from cantata 199, Mein Herz Schwimmt in Blut, which was performed in Bach's Church Cantata Cycle for the 11th Sunday after Trinity. It's a penitential text in which the singer recognizes that they are in enmity with God, but begging over the course of the cantata for forgiveness, and finally concluding that God must be merciful to me as I bow deeply and filled with regret. It's the aria gebückt und voller Reue that we are going to hear. This was the B-side of the Gott recording with Ameling and Winschermann. We're going to begin halfway into the B section of the aria. Before the transition back to the A, there is an extraordinary moment in which the singer begs God for patience. I accept my guilt, but please have patience. Habe doch Geduld mit mir is repeated over and over in a way that absolutely tears at the heart. Now, because we are in the penitential season of Lent, I'm going to play the soprano excerpts from Bach's Matthäus Passion, the St. Matthew Passion, from three different sources. First, here is Blute nur, du liebes Herz*. This was part of a number of live performances in Holland in the spring of 71. Hein Jordans leads the Brabant Orchestra. Here's another early recording of Ameling's from the year 1964, her first of the complete St. Matthew Passion. Karl Muntinger, after having heard Ameling, insisted that she be hired for this recording. It is the first of the major choral works that they were to record together over the following nine years. Here is the recit, Wie wohl mein Herz in Tränen schwimmt, followed by the aria, Ich will dir mein Herz schenken. This features two d'amore players. The second is Hans-Peter Weber, and the first is none other than Helmut Winchermann, who went on to found and conduct the Deutsche Bach Solisten. One singer with the same affinity for Bach in all of his majesty, in all of his pathos, is Janet Baker, and I think you all know how much I love her. Paul Steinitz, who lived from 1909 to 1988, was one of the UK's most important post-war interpreters of the music of Johann Sebastian Bach. His Lenten performances of the St. Matthew Passion in particular were legendary. There is extant a live recording of his 1972 performance of the Matthew in which his two female soloists were Ellie Ameling and Janet Baker. The final two selections that we will hear today are both from that live performance. I have this thing, or at least I did when I was much, much younger, that I always came up with nicknames for my favorite singers. So in this case, we're going to hear JB and Sir Ellie. I call her Sir Ellie because in 1971, she was knighted in her native Netherlands, given the knighthood of the Orange Nassau. The two perform a duet together towards the end of the first part of the Passion, after Jesus has been betrayed at the Garden of Gethsemane and led away. The soprano and alto soloist commiserate in So ist mein Jesus nun gefangen, which is punctuated by explosive cries from the chorus Let him go, release him, which leads immediately into an extended fugue for the chorus. possible for me to state how much the voice and artistry of Ellie Ameling mean to me. And I know that a lot of you feel the same way, so thank you for joining me today. And now, here's our closing aria. The emotional high point of the Matthew Passion comes in two arias in the second part. First, of course, the alto aria, Erbarme dich, and second, the soprano aria, Aus Liebe will mein Heiland sterben, which is sung after the death of Jesus on the cross. I could think of no better way to pay tribute to Elie Ameling than to play from that same performance in London in March 1972, her performance of Aus Liebe will mein Heiland sterben, My Savior Dies Out of Love for Me. And I have nothing but love for Ellie Ameling, whose singing has so enriched my entire life. ¶¶ My dear friends, keep the song in your hearts. I'm Daniel Kuntler.